It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. This is the Dynasty Happy Hour Podcast Network. Everybody in the world knows I'm a little twisted, twisted. Everybody in the world knows I'm a little twisted, twisted. Hi, welcome back to Fantasy Insanity. I have Mike Tagliere joining me today. Uh, Mike, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, outside of the fact that I just, uh, I'm, I'm trying to get over a sickness. So if you hear me cough, you hear me sneeze. If you, if, if I sound more nasally than usual, you know why. I've been sick all weekend, and it's, it's like at the worst time possible because we just had a newborn. He's only, uh, he'll be six weeks old on Wednesday. So I'm just hoping not to get him sick. I mean, it's, it's like the first time I've been sick in over a year. So it's just unfortunate timing is all. Yeah, I appreciate your power and through, and uh, that's actually my first question is. How is that well-named son of yours? <laughs> Jonathan is doing fantastic. He's uh, he's growing every day. It's kind of crazy. We took him to the doctor, and his uh, his head is like in the eighty seventh percentile. So he's got a big he's got a big fat head. We call it, um, but the rest of his body is like literally right around fifty percent percentile. So he's just got a big fat head. Um, but he's like the cutest thing ever. So um, if you guys follow me on Twitter, I'm sure you've seen pictures of him. Oh yeah, oh yeah, he's. And if he's got a head that big, uh, then I assume Tabby blames you for that, right? Oh, of course. I'm the fat head. I'm the fat head in the family. <laughs> you did that to her. You put her through that. Oh, man. <laughs> forever. So, all right. Um, well, we'll get into, into how I usually do this. Uh, we start with, when did you start fantasy football? When did you uh, start playing? I started playing fantasy football in 2008. Um, believe it or not, I was actually like behind the curve. Um, me growing up, I didn't even play football. Um, it's weird because I grew up a sports guy. Like I was nonstop sports. All I did was think about sports like kids. Now I can't believe kids aren't outside playing baseball, playing basketball, doing something outside because that's all I knew as a kid. Like when we played Mario brothers, it was kind of like just because it was a crappy day outside and we had nothing to do outside. We, we played super Mario brothers or something like that. But, um, that's why a lot of people are, are kind of puzzled when I say I didn't play football, but I didn't. And I don't, I don't think, I just think it was, I had, I didn't have time for it. I played basketball and baseball, uh, baseball through high school. Um, but football is something I gravitated towards once I got out of school and I stopped playing sports altogether. I just enjoyed watching football and, um, fantasy sports was something I kind of looked at and I was like, Oh, that's for nerds, you know, for people that don't play real sports. Um, and it's still funny to this day because like LaShawn McCoy came out the other day on Twitter and said, because uh, PFF had released their top 101 players list, and he wasn't on it. And he goes, oh, that's a bunch of nerds that never played the game of football. And it, it was really unfair. It's basically saying that because you never played the game means you don't understand the game. And that's not that's not really true. And that's like why the NBA, like you, you look at all these players tried to become coaches. The best players are the worst coaches because they assume everybody has that natural ability, all that fun stuff. But uh, football, it, it like fantasy in general. And I actually, I was a closet fantasy player around my friends. I didn't even play with my friends for the first year. I, I, I joined some random like ESPN or Yahoo public league just to try it out. And I fell in love with it. 
and uh, 2008. And then 2009 was the first year I like, I came out of the closet to my friends and told them <laughs> I play fantasy football and I want you guys to play with me. And um, since that time, we've had our, our home league, our keeper league intact since then. Um, so yeah, so 2009 was like the first like real, real year, but 2008 was when I started playing. Nice. And then, yeah. so you progressed uh, and we, we have heard the story of, uh, you know, you wanting to get into writing and going ahead and start your site, taking off from there. Uh, when you did that, what kind of reaction did you get from family and friends? People look at you like you're just crazy. <laughs> no, um, the, the crazy part is, is like my friends and family like have always really been behind my venture into writing because the reason it all started, the reason I started my website was because on Yahoo, back in the day, people actually used to use the smack talk forums. Um, I don't know if it's because we didn't text so much back then. Um, I'm, I'm positive cell phones were around at that time. Um, sometimes I get times mixed up, but I know we didn't text as much back then. I know that. It may not have been a thing, actually. If you think about it, 2008, 2009 was texting a thing. It may not have been. But basically, in the Yahoo Smack Talk, you used to be able to write so many characters about what you like, smack. But I went into everybody's matchup and I wrote who I thought was going to win at quarterback that week, who I thought was going to running back, wide receiver. And I went through the entire matchup and explained who I thought was going to win. And, you know, they, they give me crap about it from time to time about it. And then one week we went to the Bears game and uh, I didn't write anything that week in their, in their matchup columns. And they all, every single player from the league texted me saying, Mike, where's the, where's the write-ups? And uh, that was when I kind of realized that people, I, I guess, wanted to hear what I had to say. Um, so then I just started doing it for fun in my own spare time, writing up what I thought about players. It helped me honestly explain how I feel about players. Sometimes you don't really know how you feel about a player until you put it on paper, because sometimes I'll go back and read what I wrote. And I'm like, I wrote that. Like, that's how I, okay. Um, but I just started doing that. And, um, that's what led to starting my own website and, uh, kind of getting into this whole industry and, uh, never look back. So I, I don't regret it at all. I love what I do. And, um, I just had someone in the industry reach out to me saying he's making the leap to leaving his career kind of like I did. Like I left a, a, a fantastic career to do what I'm doing. And uh, he reached out to me uh, like a couple months ago and asked, he was asking me about it. And he told me he's just made the decision to leave. I'm like, if you love writing, researching, doing anything football related for 14 hours a day, this is the job for you. Like seriously, I mean, it, it takes a certain person to do it. And if you love football, that doesn't mean you could do it for 14 hours a day, but I love doing it. And um, like I said, there hasn't been a day that's gone by where I've regretted it. Awesome. That's awesome. So um, when did you, did you immediately tell your league mates uh, that you were now becoming a fantasy football guy? Or is that something you kind of, again, kept in the closet until they found out? <laughs> no, I told them I was excited. Whenever I get news and stuff like, uh, like I just broke today, um, news that uh, I've been with Pro Football Focus for the last two years, and um, I'm going to be leaving to go to fantasypros.com to write for them full-time year-round. Um, so basically, Fantasy Pros, it's funny how things kind of come full circle. Fantasy Pros was the first opportunity that I ever really had in the fantasy industry. Everybody knew, like all my friends knew about my, my website that I was writing on. You know, People would ask me advice on there and stuff, but it was still a little little site. But I had emailed the owner of fantasypros.com. Uh, his name was Tom. It still is. Um, I emailed him back and it was in 2011 uh, asking him, say, hey, are you looking for any more rankers on your site just so I can get my name out there? And he's like, no, no, we're requiring a little bit more experience. You know, um, just try and reach out to me next year. And uh, after that, he went to my website. He read all the stuff that I had done and he emailed me like a week later and said, hey, I went to your site. 
it's really in depth. Um, you know, we'd love to have you join. And, you know, we can't have you in the competition this year because it's already mid-season, but, you know, going forward, we'll have you in it. Um, so that was the first opportunity I had. My friends were psyched. And when they saw my name posted as a top, I, I finished number six, I think it was in 2013. They were all like ecstatic for me. They were uh, telling all their friends, their family members, you know, and it felt really good. Um, so I've never been the type to hide anything. Um, I'm, I'm excited to share it with them because I feel like they're all part of it because they all kind of encouraged me to keep writing. So so now the now the uh, one of the big questions that I, I kind of wanted to ask you about this is, now you are this industry guy. You're still in, you know, home leagues is how people call them. Uh, what kind of treatment do you get from your friends and family in these kinds of leagues now? <laughs> um, it, it's a different experience than it is in industry leagues. Um, if, <laughs> home leagues suck just because the reason they do is because none of my friends will trade with me. Um, you know, it's um, there was a guy in our league. I think it started in 2014. Um, where they decided that they were going to put a ban on trading with me. And granted, there's, there's, there's still time, from time to time, I have to work hard to get a trade. Uh, but there was a guy that named his team, Don't Trade with Mike T. Um, <laughs> and that, and that, that was directed at the new league members because there was two guys that moved out of state and we always did an in-person draft. And so we had to replace two guys. And the guys that came in, he's like, my team name is directed at those guys like so that they don't trade with you. Um, and that's that's the biggest thing in my home leagues is that nobody wants to trade with me. Um, they're like they they say they learn their lesson because they've made a deal with me before. Um, I remember trading away Larry Fitzgerald and a keeper for Antonio Brown before he became Antonio Brown. Um, there's a lot of moves I made over the years that that worked out, and they are not they're not the happiest with me. So they just don't trade with me anymore, and it kind of sucks. So how often uh, when you are trying to make a trade and you're working, you know, trying to work a deal, how often do you just get a reply that's nothing but your rankings that are published out there for everybody? <laughs> Honestly, a lot of times they're just like, I'm not trading with you. It's just, it's just a response saying, I'm not trading with you. And uh, I'm like, look, I have what you need. And it's like, then I become the guy that explains why that guy's making the trade. I become the salesman. And, um, a lot of times I can try and make a good point for the reason they should be making the trade. If a team's in a seller, you can't just hold on to one stud player and think he's going to turn your team around, that you have to get some more pieces to your team, especially when you're talking about like a dynasty, if you're talking about a keeper league, they're different. So I try and make the case. So what happens at that point is they're like, okay, you've made a good point. I'm going to go shop this guy around the league and see if anybody can give me more <laughs> than you're else. willing. Yeah. So then it becomes like an open bidding war and I'm like, this sucks. Um, but it's funny because I won my league, like the home leagues, I won the first few years. And um, then in 2014, 2015, I lost. I, I finished second place one year and then the, the next year I finished third. And they were, they, they were giving me so much crap. You know, the guys that won it, they, we have a trophy that stays with the winner for the years. And they're like, <laughs> and they're telling me they're going to scratch my name off this and that. Well, this year... It, the draft, I told them, I said, I'm making it a point. Like, I don't really care what happens in any other league this year, but I'm making it a point. I'm going to win this league this year. And it was my home keeper league. And, um, I came through on that promise and I am happy to say the trophy will be coming back, uh, um, in our August draft that we have every year. And the, um, the previous year winner has to return it to me. He called me, congratulated me. And, um, you don't realize how hard it is to win a fantasy championship until it's taken away from you. And you're just like, damn, you actually have to focus and, 
I paid attention to the waiver wire in that league. And um, yeah, I made it a point to win and I, I'm glad I did. So so have the league mates that you compete with then, uh, you know, have they kind of tried to improve their game and has it called, has it made the league actually just harder in general uh, as they all try and, you know, kind of take down Mike T? Yeah, yeah well, naturally, um, fantasy football has gotten harder over the years. Um, and that's why some people are shocked when they hear that their favorite fantasy football analyst doesn't win every single league they play. It's not that way anymore. You know, if you go back to when I first started playing fantasy football, it really was about who was the more prepared, who was on top of the waiver wire. You know, we didn't have red zone. You couldn't watch every game. You know, you, uh, there were, there was magazines you had to buy. You couldn't just go online and find everything that you wanted to. Um, you can literally nowadays, like, you could prepare for your draft starting right now all the way up until August. And then once it comes to August, you're like, yes, I feel set. But there could be a guy that literally waited two weeks before doing anything just to check out ADP, to read up some reviews, and be ready for the draft. Um, so it, it's definitely hard to to win consistently year over year. It does take commitment. But man, these guys, they have stepped up their game. There's been a few guys that wanted to get into writing, um, and they asked what to do to start. And I told them, I was like, sit down write, just write, okay, write 2000 words a day, do it for a week. And then let me read it. Let me see what happens. They write for like two days. And they're like, this is hard. Like, what am I going to write about? And I'm like, I can write for days, figuring out the topics and stuff that can get difficult when you do articles all year round. But it takes a certain type of person to be able to want to write over and over and over again. And I guess I'm one of those people. So they never followed through with it, but they think it's, they, they still support me to this day and they think it's really cool. They, um, they tell like, if we ever get together for a group date night and there's a new couple, they're like, Oh, Hey Mike, Mike writes about football. Like we should talk about football. <laughs> and, um, they're really cool. I, I appreciate all my friends support and, um, everybody's support for that matter. So, um, I, I'm glad they share in my excitement. Wait, are there times when couples get together and the males don't talk about football? I, that's the, that's the on. only thing I talk about with people. Hold Maybe on a second. A problem of mine. There was a guy. So we moved out to Arizona, right? And um, this is where we didn't know anybody out here. We're moving back to Illinois at the end of next month. So um, we moved out here and it's like, my wife tries to set up this like couple date, this couple's date. And she's like, I don't know if he's into sports. I'm like, what am I going to talk about? (laughs) You know? And we get together and like legitimately he's not into sports. Like he starts to talk, he starts talking about celebrities and stuff. I'm like, "I I don't know anything about that. I really don't. I don't follow like the people magazine stuff. I don't, Honestly, if Kim Kardashian were to go walking down the street, I couldn't tell you who it was. I, I, didn't, I wouldn't know it was her. Um, I probably would by the paparazzi, but if she walked into my house, whatever. Um, I don't follow that stuff. So I, I, I feel like he probably was like, how does this guy not know this? When in, in reality, I was kind of like, how do you not like sports? Like we're guys. Um, I guess it's a stereotype, but at the same time, um, sports is pretty much what all guys talk about. Yeah, uh, those the NFL Network. I think it was NFL Network, isn't it? That uh, or NFL Fantasy. Those commercials where they talk, or you know, without fantasy football, what would guys talk about? I mean, those are completely legit. That's probably just sitting there, wanting to get on my phone to find out something about football, most likely. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So you mentioned that uh, you do uh, still have live drafts at home um, for your home league. Now, you also. Uh, do some live industry league drafts, correct? Yes. So what are the differences between a live home league draft and a a live industry league draft? 
Um, in the home leagues, you could expect for some things to go wrong, for people to let their egos get in the way, let their fandom get in the way, you know, like where we're from Chicago. So you might see somebody draft Alshon Jeffrey before he should have gone. Uh, Matt Forte was a big one for a, a lot of years. Um, Cameron Meredith will probably be one next year because most people in our home leagues know about him. Um, you can almost take advantages of, of some biases that people have in my home league, where it's like you're hoping for that. Whereas in expert leagues that you go to, like um, this past year, I went to do the flex draft with Jake Seeley that he hosts, and it was out in New York. And it, it's a bunch of sharks. Like, seriously, you're just, you have to know the ADP. You have to know the players that you want to reach for that you're saying, if I don't take him here, he's going to be gone. Um, and there was players I did that with um, in that in that draft. Sometimes they work out, sometimes they don't. But um, fantasy football is, um, like I said, it's just it's a harder it's a harder sport to play. And that's it's I'm trying to figure out if that's good or bad for fantasy football as a whole. Like, and I know this is a totally different conversation, but like I think about that. And do you think that fantasy football will benefit from there being more uh, the, the coverage and the knowledge base of the average player is going up and up and up. It really is. And it's, it's so easy, accessible. It's almost like your, your time and that you put into it, does it really make that much of a difference compared to somebody, like I said, that, that puts two weeks into it before the draft. And I'm trying to figure out if it's, if it's really good for fantasy football, or is it always good to have those top tier players and those, those bottom feeders almost trying to get to that level at a, at a certain point. You know what I mean? I'm just trying yeah, to figure you, it's you a bigger scope. The, you don't want the really casual people to lose the fun of it and just stop playing, right. um, which I could see happening for some, but uh, I think most of those people only play it just because of the interaction and the fun anyways. There's a lot of people that just play. They don't, I mean, they don't really even care if they win, uh, which to me, I don't, I don't understand, but you know, they're just wanting to play and uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully they never get burned out by never winning, but uh, I've, I'm in some leagues where the same people come back uh, year after year after year and they don't win, but they still have fun. I'm not lying. So that that year I told you is 2013, 2014 that I first lost my home league. Um, that year of the draft, I actually said it out loud at my draft. I said, I hope one of you guys wins this year. Like seriously, I really do because a lot of the guys were just like had the feeling where like we're never going to win and like this is getting pointless. But then it's like now they're, they're they continue to fight because they realize that it, it can be done. Um, so I, that's I'm, I'm just trying to figure out for the long run, like is fantasy football better to have parity? That's the word I was looking for to have like parity among it than it is to have the top feeders and bottom feeders. You know what I mean? So it is it good for the longevity of the sport? I would assume maybe it is um, just because it keeps those casuals around a little bit longer. Um, I don't know. Maybe many of the sharks went to DFS. I don't know because that's a totally different animal in itself. So yeah, that's that's a different version of fantasy football all together uh you can you can win all of your home leagues you can win all your twitter leagues uh and industry leagues and you jump in the dfs and yeah, good luck uh <laughs> you know i mean you can win it's not unwinnable um yeah. but uh yeah that's that's a different strategy and mentality altogether. it's fun uh i i enjoy dfs but i enjoy it as just a fun um adjunct to fantasy football I, think I don't a, think I can ever do it. Only, only that. Oof, I would, I, I go crazy. <laughs> well, that, that's the thing. Then you're an old soul because um, football nowadays, like people want instant gratification, right? That's what it's always about. And DFS gives you instant gratification. And I think that's why DFS is so big is that we've become so um, <laughs> impatient. 
we're impatient with with season long leagues. It's just like you know, I I and I I get it. There's some people that you know you get around Christmas time, and if they won second or third place, they're like, hey, can I get that payout? And I'm like, well, let's we'll wait till I got everything clears, all the stat corrections and stuff to make sure that everything's good. But um, like I get that stuff, but then that's why DFS people are just looking for to hit that payday right then and there. And it's it's become so big. Like it's weird to say that I know three millionaires yeah. because of DFS. Yeah. Like I personally know three millionaires. So it's like, you know, my family members now they ask me about that. They're like, Well, Mike, when are you gonna win a million dollars? I'm like, Well, first off, I need to get out of Arizona so I can start playing DFS again. Um, second, I need to stop playing cash games and start going more towards GPP. And they're like, well, what does that mean? I'm like, I'm not going to explain it to you. Um, but it's, it's so, you know, a lot of people mock it and they say that, you know, it's all luck and this and that. It's not, it's not luck at all. It it takes a certain skill to do what, you know, Al and, um, and those guys do it. it, I don't know. People, like I said, they, they mock it all the time and it's just not really fair to those guys that put in a lot of time. Do they put a lot of money into it? Sure. But because, you know, what is it, $20 to get into the Million Maker right now? $20, and they put in 150 lineups. Okay, that's $3,000 a week that they throw into it. And they're like, well, anybody could do it if you put in 150 lineups. I'm like, well, you try it. We're literally showing you, throw $3,000 in it, and you could win a million dollars. Go and do it. Why aren't you doing it? Because you don't have yep. faith in yourself. It's not luck. But yeah, it, it's yeah. not. I and I couldn't handle the sweat of having just that much money on the line. Like I know a lot of people build up to putting that much in. Um, yeah. uh, it's just I like I said I enjoy playing it just as a as an added little extra bonus. It's yes. just for fun. Yeah, so, I'm with you. Yeah. No, I I understand that too. And it I want to get more into it, but I but the season long leagues I can't give those up either. Yeah, I uh, like I, I've gone from redraft to dynasty, and at this point now I have very little interest in redraft. Uh, and so, cause dynasty just took over, uh, once I, yeah. once I caught the bug and DFS gives me that little bit of instant gratification that I'm looking for when all I want is just a, a quick little something, you know, and MFL's got their best balls. You're doing all your shows on the best ball prep right now, which are awesome. And there, there's plenty of, uh, plenty of options out there <laughs> for fantasy football to, yes. for people to find what they want, whether it be that instant, whether it be forever in a dynasty league. Uh, or hey, just have a draft and move on. I've actually started started incorporating uh, one of the guys in uh, Capitalist Pigs Two started a best ball league with our bankroll box. Uh, it's uh, John Boy Rev. I'll give him a shout. He uh, started a best ball league that we use with our bankroll bucks for that league. So we will basically have no real money on the line. We'll just have kind of some of our fantasy football bankroll money on the line <laughs> and. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, we're drafting against each other. We're going to want to beat each other. And that's how I started some, I did some DFS leagues in, again, in that pigs league. And uh, <laughs> it's more fun to beat your league mates and things like that. Like that's how I've started to have fun with it. Just as a way to beat people that I know for very, very extremely, like basically nothing stakes. And last year when I was playing, I cared more about winning those games than the actual real money games. I, those were the ones that I ended up starring and watching because I wanted to beat my league mates just to get some bankroll bucks off. Them. <laughs> so, um, all right. So uh, you do commission some leagues as well, then, correct? Yes, yes, I do. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately. Uh oh. Um, so, do you commission home or industry or a mix? 
Um, it's a mix um, where I took on, so basically I run my home redraft, I run a home keeper, and I run a home dynasty. So we have the three home leagues, and they're all guys that love football. And over the years, you know, we've lost uh, two guys, I think, from each league over the years, but we've replaced them. And I think we have a, a solid foundation um, because when you when you do dynasty, as you know, you need owners who are in it for the long haul. And, you know, you always have maybe one or two in the league that you're just kind of like, man, I just wish that they would be a little bit more safer with their team, understand what they have, know the value. Because dynasty is a totally different animal. You can't ask someone who – who knows how to play fantasy football, and that's, you know, they're pretty good at it, but, they're, but they don't, like, study it. Um, you can't ask them to go into a dynasty and understand the value of a first-round pick or a second-round pick in 2017. You can't do that. So what I did this offseason is I decided, this past offseason, I decided, you know what, I'm going to try and get some of the best guys out there that I know, that I know are diehard in the industry, and try and put together a league that is, a dynasty league that is full of diehards and that want to go deep. These are guys that all you do is talk football. That's, I was looking for the diehards. And um, I sent out a message to a bunch of people, and um, we got. it turned out that we ended up with 14 teams in this league, which is deep, um, which, you know, it's not as deep as you can go in some industry leagues, but the, the reason it's deeper than I think any other one that I've heard of is because in this league, um, it is a one quarterback league. I, I still believe by one quarterback. I don't know why. I just haven't taken the leap to a, the super flex or two quarterbacks. But so in that Lights Out Dynasty League that I put together, basically we have one starting quarterback. We have three starting running backs, four wide receivers, one tight end, and two flex. And then we have one defense as well. We left the defense in there for some odd reason. I don't know. I guess it's just the the, the standard thing you do. We did get rid of kickers though. Um, that, that's one of my questions on my list is, you have a team defense. How does that go over? <laughs> well, the team defense that that kind of stays put because I'm not an IDP guy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I no, I haven't gone there yet. <laughs> no, I um, I've I've been asked to, and I really don't want to. I will if I if I have to. Um, but I, I, it's something honestly I just wanted to stay away from because I feel like it's a very niche um thing, and I feel like it's only for a certain crowd, and it's not a crowd that I would probably appease to because they probably know more about it than I do, and I'll let them do their thing. Um, but in this league, so <laughs> the reason it's so tough, so it's 14 team leagues. You heard about how many starters there are in it. And we have, it is uh, 30, let's see, 36 or 38-man rosters. This, I can't explain to you how deep that is when you go through 14 teams in a dynasty, because we literally own players who are on practice squads. Nathan Yankee, I'm sure you know him, He's PFFs, um, their number one analyst. Like he's uh, Nathan's a freak. What he does, like it's it's amazing. He does all the tracking of the snaps for the players live as you watch. You know Sunday Monday Night Football. Um, it, I I can't, I can't say enough about Nathan. Awesome guy. Uh, but he's in this league and he's drafting guys that some of us haven't even heard of because he's like, oh, this guy's going to come about. He's going to be on this roster. And I'm like, okay. Um, uh, it's funny because his team actually finished last this year. Nathan, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Um, it did finish last, but it's because he he knows what a dynasty is. He knows what it takes to build one, and he was looking for more future. Um, uh, yeah, but it was uh, – what a year. What a year. I just think about it. Um, it was a great first year for the Dynasty League, and commissioning that league is pretty easy because we all know what we're doing. Everybody knows what to expect. Uh, but the home leagues, that's some fun stuff, let me tell you. <laughs> so with with that super deep roster, uh, not only you know you said you you, you guys have ta- uh, taxi squad players on you know rosters. What about like starting lineups? What's with th- starting three running backs plus two flexes, which 
could possibly be a running back. I don't know. I don't know why. Uh, if you can start receivers, because <laughs> if you're starting three running backs to start, and it's 14 teams, if I'm doing the math right, that's 42 running backs a week starting. <laughs> um, what's the what, what's the worst running back that you saw in a starting lineup this year? Oh, well, the, no, hold on a second. There was guys that were le- legitimately not not even playing. Like sometimes you have to do that with bye weeks, the way that they come out. Um, but I can tell you this year, the worst one that I think I started, I started Orleans Orleans Darkwa, in um in one of them. Um, I, I know that, but it was good because that was it was like a week that um someone was hurt, and I want to say he actually had a role where he had like over ten carries, so it kind of worked out okay. for me. Um, but man, it is um. It's something. I'll tell you that. Like my roster here, I have Don Jackson. Remember when the Packers, they had the the running back problem where Ty Montgomery, all of a sudden the sickle cell thing came up. They signed Kristen Michael. Well, I had Don Jackson. I actually owned this guy. Believe it or not, before this happened, I owned him and I had to start him. I have Aaron Rapowski. I picked him up at that point. I I don't know. I, it's, 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 it's comical. Some of the things I still own Stephen Hill as a wide receiver. I'm just hoping I think that we're at the end of that rope, though. So, so do you recommend that others try rosters and starting lineups this deep, or is it only for the extremely? Uh, let's, we'll just go insane because insane's a compliment <laughs> on here. Um, is it only for those that are extremely insane? Well, here's the thing. I would say to try it. And the reason I say to try it is because it'll make you a better player. So, when you play in a league like this and then you go to a, you know, whatever it is, 10 or 12 team um, standard redraft league or a PPR league, whatever. You go to one of those leagues, you get to the 16th round, 17th round. You're like, um, I want to draft more players. <laughs> like there's still a lot of crazy talent here. Like even now, like I went to my wife, she works um, for a hospital and I went to like this thing. It was right at the beginning of the season and uh, it was a bowling. It, we were all bowling and all the guys started talking to me about football and they're like, hey, would you take a look at my roster and tell me what you think? And I looked at it and I'm like, okay. And um, I'm like, wait, where's the waiver wire? And you know, you look at the waiver wire and you're like, why is this guy on the waiver wire? Like, pick him up. Like, and so I'm going through and I feel like I'm running their team. Um, I've kind of learned to not do that, to be like, you know, because then they could blame me if something goes wrong. But I just want to say this guy should not be on the waiver wire. It's like one of those leagues where Odell Beckham would have been on the waiver wire, you know, back when he was hurt at the start of the 2014 season. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, you know, you're out bowling and still <laughs> uh, analyzing fantasy football for players. Oh, yeah. What percentage of your day is spent not thinking about fantasy football? Honestly, not much. Um, and I've, I'm being, if I'm being honest, like in season, it's scary. Um, I literally wake up like with spreadsheets. Um, like it's because I may have missed something or I'm thinking about something. I, my wife actually thought I had insomnia in, in the middle of the season um, because basically we, I'd go to bed and people will give me crap about my bedtime, but it's because, so my wife worked overnights um, or I shouldn't even say overnight. I should say she got up at uh, three o'clock in the morning, went to work. She'd get home at like four o'clock in the afternoon. So it's definitely not nights, but it's very, very early but I'd basically get up with her and, and I'd go to bed at I'd go to like bed at like nine o'clock, nine thirty, and then I'd wake up literally in the middle of the night at twelve thirty. After so after three hours of sleep, I'd wake up and I'd just go to the computer. And sometimes she would wake up, walk in half asleep, and she's like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "I can't sleep." So I figured I'd get some work done. And it was, honest to God, throughout the season that happened more often than it didn't. 
Um, so, um, <laughs> um, I added it up this year, like basically how many hours I was devoting to football in season. And I was working like 82 hours a week. Oh man. But, and that's, that doesn't even include the time that you're literally just thinking about it, or maybe you're managing a roster. <laughs> correct. That doesn't even include Sundays where I watch football all day. That doesn't <laughs> include that. that. I would be doing that regardless. All right. Um, well, we're, we're going to, we're going to wrap with a couple of, uh, a couple of out of the league questions. Um, they're not going to be football related, but I think they are fun. Much like what you guys do on your lights out pod when you go with your pick six, which if anybody's not listening to that, uh, you should. Uh, you should listen to all the stuff that comes out on the feed because it's all entertaining, whether it's preparing you for best ball, uh, for some DFS, or for um, or just getting to know somebody uh, in an entertaining fashion. So the first question we'll go with is when you get a sock with a hole in it, what do you do with the match to that sock? <laughs> this is hilarious because I actually had this happen uh, like a couple days ago. Um, I think... I th- so I throw away the hole in the sock. The other one I put in a pile, basically hoping and praying that another sock that I have, that it gets a hole in it. And then I put the other one together and I make it work for a pair of house socks or something like that. Um, yes. That's an awesome question. Awesome. That's exactly what you're supposed to do. I have been given crap for why do you keep this? Why is this still laying around? Why is it in your drawer? Because <laughs> at some point I'm going to have another one that will match it. Yes. It might be six months down the road, but I'm going to have one that will match it. And it's true. Even if it doesn't match it, I can sleep in them. I can, you know, I, Absolutely. Can, I, I can sit and watch football in them. It doesn't yeah, that's, matter. That's, that's what I'm saying is like when you buy a socks, you don't buy them one pair at a time. You buy it like a pack of six, right? So, yes, they all yeah. match. Yes, exactly. So I, I'm with you, John. All right, good. I've got support. So <laughs> final question. Uh, you can do one of, the, one of these two activities. You can play paintball with Dwight or have a day of depravity with Frank Gallagher. Oh, I'm I'm definitely going with Dwight. I, I love the the office. The show The Office was like the best show of all time. Like I even I went back and I rewatched that um before football season, this last football season, because I knew I wasn't gonna have much time. So I just watched I, I enjoyed it. I read some books. I I watched the whole like I watched The Office. I think I watched the seven like seven seasons. I didn't make it all the way to the end. But um Dwight, as much as people give him crap, I would have so much fun with that guy. He's so gullible. It, it, but it, it's it's great. Um, the Office. If you haven't seen that show, it's one of the things I look forward to doing with my son. Like when he's old enough to like understand things. Like even my daughter, we started. She started watching some of that with me, and she's fourteen, so she doesn't fully grasp it yet. But um, those are things that you look forward to as a parent that you get to go back and watch with your kids and try and see if they enjoyed as much as you did. Yeah, I I look forward to the days when I get to watch very good shows with my kids. Stuff that's terribly inappropriate for them right now. <laughs> yes. But uh, which 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 of those two options do you think will be more likely to put you in the grave? Oh God. Um, I'm gonna go with option number two. Um, <laughs> that that show that show is so relevant right now. Um, kind of like with everything's going on. Without getting too much into it, I've I've avoided. I've avoided all the political conversations on Twitter. Honestly, I treat my Twitter account like it's a, like it's a business. And, um, you know, I try and leave my personal stuff out every now and then I'll include something, but if I include something on there, it will be positive. So I try and, um, inject as much positive into this negative world as possible. Um, because unfortunately, you know, things get dark and, um, we don't, you know, it's like I was raised. My mom's always said, she's like, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. So, I don't say anything at all about it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. 
Well, Mike, I appreciate you joining me. For anybody that might not know, give uh, everybody out there your information where they can follow you and find your work and everything. Yeah, so you guys can check out my new work that I'll be doing um, at fantasypros.com. I'm going to be coming out with a lot of content on there. I, I do know that a majority of it will be free, which is awesome. Uh, there's a lot of people that you know, had to buy subscriptions at PFF um, to read my stuff there. And I do appreciate all the support you guys did. And hopefully this will help. And um, that's what we want. And uh, all the podcasts I've done, people have asked me about whether or not I'm going to continue to do my own. Um, honestly, I hope that I'm doing enough content at Fantasy Pros where I don't need to. Um, my intent is to help them grow because they've been known for a tool website. And my job is going to be help uh, on an analysis standpoint, and that's what I'm going to do. So I do believe that you guys will be as informed as you want to be. Believe me when I mean that there will be so much content that you guys, it may be the only place you need to go. Uh, and I know there's a lot of great sites. There's a lot of great content out there that you may want to compare, but uh, I'm going to do my best to let you know who you're playing, why you're playing them. Um, and uh, in the meantime, follow me on Twitter at Mike Taglier NFL. And uh, if you ever have any questions, even in the off season, I'm here to answer them. All right. Thanks for joining me. Uh, as for me, you can always interact with me, folks. I am at Empire FFL. Always appreciate rates, reviews, retweets, uh, all of that as information, all that stuff that helps podcasts grow. I always appreciate that if, uh, if you can do that for me. And uh, until the next episode, enjoy the insanity. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.